in that clip, you just saw this gentle, beautiful Jesus just touch her, who the rest of the world would have seen as unclean because she'd been bleeding for a long time. He just went straight up to her and not only healed her instantly, but just accepted her for who she was and showed her great compassion and sympathy. Like He understood exactly what she had faced, the trial she'd been through and the torment that she was dealing with. And he was not only able to heal her, but he understood. He said, you must be exhausted. I know what you've gone through. And he knelt down to her level and just gave her complete love and compassion and sympathy. And that's the Jesus we love. That's the Jesus that we serve. And, you know, from that, that clip, I just wanted you to realize that no matter what you face in life, and we all go, go through stuff, um, Jesus understands. Okay, he's, he's literally with you on that journey. He was with Miriam on the journey. He's been with Dave on the journey. Um, he, he understands, and he's not like he doesn't care, but he also wants to heal. And I want us to kind of go through this morning just thinking a little bit about um, what that means, and I want to talk specifically about healing and also how we pray for people to be healed. Um, we've heard some amazing testimonies this morning of that, and I'm going to share you my, one of mine in a second. At the end of the meeting today, we're going to have an opportunity to pray for people, um, and we're going to do that because we know that God heals, and we know that he responds to faith. He said to her, didn't he, your faith has made you well. And what she did, she didn't even actually even look at his face did she or have a conversation and ask him or tell him her story she just knew that if she could just get in the vicinity of Jesus if I could just touch his cloak it's going to be enough for me and she pushed through a crowd that had rejected her because she knew that there's only one man that could change her world and change her life and it was him um so I'm going to just do a little quick testimony of mine this is like 20 years ago now but when I when I first got saved when I was much younger Thank you. Um, well done. You can, you can get cake first. You're up for you're up first the cake. Get, don't worry about Colin. Just you go first. You're my, fav- you're my favorite. <laughs> um, so I, generally be, I hadn't been Christian very long, but I, I, when I was like a kind of like late teens into my early twenties, I had a really ish, big issue with my back, and my and, and X-rays had shown that bottom of my spine was like crooked, and there, it was kind of like bent in the wrong direction. Um, and that was causing massive problems in my neck and my shoulders as well and giving me headaches. And I'd had x-rays done and it was all to do with alignment and muscles and stuff. So I was regularly going to a chiropractor that would help me for a few a week or so and then it would all come back. And it was, it was chronic. It was really debilitating and really painful. Now I'd become a Christian at this point and I had gone to people many times in the church to pray for me. And I probably over the course of six months or so had been prayed for many times and nothing had shifted at all. But if I was honest, when I went forward for prayer, I would often in my mind be thinking, well, this is not going to work. I'm not worthy. God's not going to do this for me. I'm not good enough. And my mind would take over and I would stand there with people praying for me and my doubt and my mind would just take over. And I know God can heal even without that, I, I, despite that. I know that. But for me, on this six-month journey of kind of like almost begging, like that woman begging God for something to shift, nothing changed at all. And so what I began to do is literally study the Bible. I just thought, well, I just need, I don't, I don't know what to do here, but I just need to know 
what God says about this and what, what the Bible says. And I just literally went on this year's journey of reading scripture after scripture about healing. I just started in the New Testament. I, le- I, I watched, watched um, things about Jesus. I listened to things about Jesus. I literally read the stories like you saw there of miracles that he performed. You know, 25, 20% of the gospels are all miracles. A fifth of all of his teaching was on healing. And I thought, I don't know this. And I'm asking people to pray for me, but I don't believe this stuff. And I don't even know who Jesus is properly. And I don't know what he's going to do for me. So I went on this journey. And for a whole year, I just studied scripture and just read story after story. And one morning I got up, nothing had changed at all. Nothing had made a difference. And God just said, dropped in my heart. He said, you need to ring the chiropractor and tell him you're not coming back. You don't need to have any more treatment. And I thought, well, that's not true because I'm, I'm not good. <laughs> and I thought, this is going to be a strange conversation. He's going to think I'm crazy. And he didn't think I was crazy. Um, I didn't have the, the guts to tell him why I was not coming back. I just said, I just don't need to come back. I should have said, because God's told me I don't need to. But I didn't. Uh, baby Christian back then. Anyway, so I just, uh, I, I had the conversation. It was a little bit awkward. And I put the phone down. And the moment I put the phone down, my back clicked. And it's something shifted, and I've never had pain in my back. And if you saw the x-rays, it was all out. Everything was wrong. And God just literally, and and I'm so grateful that it took me a year, because I had to learn for myself and build that faith to know what God says about healing. And I learned who Jesus is. I saw that man of compassion. I saw the man that loves me. I saw that he is not only able, but he is willing to heal me. But I needed to know it for myself. And now God doesn't necessarily do it all with that. Sometimes, you know, people can pray for you and it, it just happens. But I am so grateful because now that is inside of me. And I've learned to go through that journey. So when I stand with somebody and pray with them, I've seen him do it for me. And I know what the scripture says. And I've seen it. And I've, I, you know, I've read it. And it's in my heart. And I know who Jesus is. So that was my story. And God did a miracle for me. Um, just literally by me building my faith and learning who Jesus is and that he loves me. So let's just quickly just go to some scripture just to kind of solidify that. I just want to start with Isaiah 53 and verse 5. So before we talk about praying for people, I just wanted just to very quickly just kind of solidify what the Bible says about healing, because it's really important that we understand that it's ours. Um, in In the Bible, it talks about a new covenant. And when Jesus went to the cross, he provided a new covenant for us. And it says that by his But he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. Jesus made a powerful statement when he went to the cross. He died as a sin offering for us. He actually was crucified for our sins so that we could be saved. And he laid his life down in place of ours. But he made an internal covenant that cannot be broken. It cannot be undermined and it cannot be reversed. And it's an agreement with God himself that cannot be revoked. The blood that he shed on the, clo- on the cross was for our healing. The function of the, of the blood of Jesus is, and, the, and the broken body on the cross is that we would be healed. He did that for us. It is part of a covenant and that cannot be changed. It is forever sealed and it is 
ours. In Matthew 8:17, it says, When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to Jesus, and he drove out the spirits with a word, and he healed all the sick. And this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, that he took up our infirmity and he bore our disease. It was what he did on the cross. He did not only just paid, paid, paved a way for us to be saved, for our sins to be forgiven, to have a relationship with God put back together, but he actually, through being crucified and the bleeding on the cross, his body was broken so that we could be whole. So it's a covenant, it's a promise. And in Galatians 3, 29, it says, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and you're an heir according to the promise. So what Jesus did on the cross is for all of his kids. Okay, if you know God, you are his kid, you're his child, and that inheritance is yours. That new covenant belongs to you and it belongs to me. And in the new covenant, God made three specific promises. He says, I will put none of these diseases upon you. Disease is not from God. I am the Lord who heals you, and I will take sickness from your midst. That's the three promises, or three of the promises that he made in this new covenant. So when Jesus went to the cross, he made a way that is ours to to receive. It's our right. It's our inheritance as his kids. Amen? And then in the New Testament, it kind of just builds it again. talks about the cross in 1 Peter 2. Jesus bore our sin in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. And as as I said, 20% of all the teaching in the New Testament is about healing. And Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed and all who were sick, just like that woman we saw in that clip. And, you know, one of the things we have to understand is not only is it, is it something that Jesus has died for and made a way for, but also it's our right to receive that. It's our inheritance, and we have been promised that God is a God of healing, that he will do it. And I think what I loved about that clip is not only did, he, did Jesus not only just respond to her faith, but he showed that you know, the crowd were pushing, and everybody was trying to protect him, and she would have been someone they wanted to push away. His heart was not about the crowd. His heart was her. And he knew her. He knew what she'd gone through and what she'd dealt with. And he was so willing just to have that intimate moment with her and say, look, I'm here for you, and and, and to heal her. He was so willing. That was his heart. He could have kept in the business of the crowd. He could have kept pushing through. I haven't got time for you. He stops. He always stops for the one. He always stops for us. He knows everything we're going through. In in the story in Luke Luke 5, 12... I'm sure it's a story that you know very well. Jesus healing a man with leprosy. He makes it really clear. Not, not only is he able to heal, but it's his will. And, we have, and I have struggled with that for a very long time. When I first got saved and I was ill with my back, I struggled to believe that God would do it for me. And that was a mental thing for me that was, had to be broken. And I broke that by literally reading about everybody that Jesus healed because I saw that was his heart. And I didn't know that for myself for a long time. So the story in Luke 5 says, While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered in leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and he begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And that's the key thing, isn't it? I am willing. We have to know that for ourselves, that Jesus is willing and that he did everything that he needs to do 
to make a way for us through going to the cross. So the awesome news is that we also have been given the authority to pray for the sick and the oppressed. Jesus has made it really, really clear that that is what we are commissioned to do, that he wants you and he wants me to be praying for people, Christians and unsaved people, friends that we have, work colleagues that we have that we know are not well, for example. Now, if you think about how the, how the Gospels work, all the people that Jesus met when he went town to town that he healed, majority of them were not saved. They were healed, and then they said to Jesus, now I want to follow you. Because healing is a massive witness. If you pray for someone and they get healed, they know God's real. (laughs) And God wants us to be willing and to be used by him to pray for people. It's what we've been commissioned to do. And we need to have confidence that he wants to use us. He actually commissioned the very early church, the first church in Acts, to go about telling them about Jesus, but also healing the sick. And in Mark 16, in verse 15, Jesus said to the church and to us, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. That's you and me. In my name, in the name of Jesus, they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes in their hands, and they, when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. I don't recommend trying any of that. Let's ignore that. We're going to ignore that bit. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. Now, Pastor Stu did an awesome job last week talking about interceding for people. It was a brilliant message. If you haven't heard it yet, please catch up on it. But this specific specific scripture talks about actually laying hands on people. We can pray for people. We can pray for people that we know that are not well at home on our own, and that's amazing. But there is something powerful about laying hands on people. And the Bible says that they will recover. I haven't got this scripture, but in James 5 it says, The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Bible's really clear that when we stand on the word of God, and when we come together and to pray for someone, believing who Jesus is and using his name, and standing in the authority that he's given us and the, what he's done on the cross, they will recover. The Bible is really clear that it's a prayer of faith. And remember, the Bible talks a lot about faith, and that it only has to be the size of a mustard seed. So you might have a tiny bit of faith. That's all it takes. It doesn't have to be mountains worth. It just has to be, Jesus, you said it. I've seen in the Bible that you've done it. You may have even done it for me. And I'm just going to trust you with this. It's literally like that. It's literally that simple. So when we pray and intercede um, on the behalf of other people, we are standing in the gap, like Pastor Sue said last week, And the Bible says that when we lay hands on people, they will recover. Now, there's a a word for that um, when you look up at the original, and it's called zo, zo zo, S-O-Z-O. And the actual word means that they will be saved, delivered, made whole, restored, and healed. It's a brilliant word. It appears a hundred times in the New Testament, and it appears every time you see Jesus heal someone. He didn't just heal their physical body. He made them whole, he saved them, he restored them, put put everything back together. So when it says they will get well, it actually means they will recover from whatever, whatever's been stolen. 
The woman in that clip was not just physically unwell. She'd been rejected by society. He made her acceptable, accepted, loved and treasured and put her whole life back together in that one act. It isn't just about physical healing. God wants to restore us emotionally, spiritually, mentally, every area of our lives. He wants to restore and when it, when it talks about getting well, it's about the whole person being completely restored back to what they should be, what they were intended, their true condition. And so it's a process of right, kind of literally recovering from whatever has come against you and has caused you to bring. So that could be things like grief, uh, broken heart, that kind of thing, um, torment of any nature, hurt from people. The word get well recovers all of those things. It's not just about a physical healing. There's so much more that God wants to do. So we can have confidence in the cross and confidence in the covenant that Jesus has made for us. And his ministry was all about making us well. But it's by faith. It's by faith, he says, that you are made well. Now, if you look at one of the names of Jesus, which are many, there's one, the one that's really beautiful for him is Jehovah Rapha. And it means the God that heals. That's his name. So he's known as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And Jesus made it really, really clear that he wants to use um, sorry, his authority that God, give, God gave him for ministry to actually speak into people's lives, to help them recover, to restore them from whatever life has thrown at them. So in Mark 9.22, <clears throat> there's a story where Jesus... Um, is met by this boy's father and this boy has been constantly being attacked by a, a demonic spirit and Jesus says, asked the boy's father how long have you, has he been like this and the dad says from childhood it's thrown him into the fire or water to kill him but if you can do anything Jesus take pity on us and help us look at Jesus response if you can it's like why are you saying if Everything is possible if you believe me. It's like, it's like, and he wasn't being horrible, but it's just like, what do you mean, if I can? Of course I can, and I want to. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Actually, Jesus dealt with his unbelief before he healed the son. He actually had a conversation about, do you believe I can do what you're asking me to do? And then he healed his son. And his whole ministry demonstrated God's father's heart to see people free and whole. And all it takes, all it takes, is childlike faith. It's like literally from any, any form of oppression or any form of sickness, Jesus is able to remove it if we have faith in him, if we believe what he says. <clears throat> what I, uh, that's a brilliant scripture in Luke um, 4, which is <clears throat> the story of Jesus going into the temple and he opens up the book of Isaiah and he declares in front of all the religious leaders, excuse me, who he is. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. And here we go, to set the oppressed free. <clears throat> to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to his attendant and he sat down. And he said, today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. He, he proclaimed who he was and who he'd come to be. He had come to be not only the son of God, but the one that is in all authority and anointing to set people free of oppression, of sickness, and to completely change their life. And his ministry 
went on for three years, literally doing that day in, day out. And he used that anointing that, <clears throat> that God has given him to minister to life. Excuse me. So we have been anointed to do exactly the same thing. And I think it's really, it's really hard sometimes for us to get our heads around this, but we have been anointed to do exactly what Jesus did. The same Holy Spirit that anointed Jesus to bring freedom to people is in you and me. And it's really, really mind-blowing to think about that, but actually it is. The same Holy Spirit that he was talking about that anointed him when he unrolled the scroll is living on the inside of you and me. It's Christ in me and Christ through me. So we are called to be ministers. We are called to do exactly what Jesus did. In fact, he said that you will do greater things than me. Now, I'd be pleased with just doing what he, with it, what he did. <clears throat> the greater bit is amazing. But we need to be doing what he did. And he walked around wherever he saw sickness or oppression. He dealt with it. He dealt with it through the power of the Holy Spirit that had anointed him. He dealt with it because he knew who he was in his father. He'd been given the authority the Bible says that when we speak to mountains, that they will go. <clears throat> Oppression and disease is a mountain. It says, well, if you have faith, as mustard seed, you can speak to that mountain and it will just go. Yeah. That's exactly what he did. He was dealing with mountains that people were facing on a daily basis. And he was just speaking to it and, and just demanding that it goes. And it's what's amazing about Jesus is that he, his authority and his anointing is for us. That it, what he did on the cross was so that we, he could commission a church to go out and do the same things. When he went back to heaven, he's like, over to you. Crack on. I've just shown you how to do it. Off you go. It's like, okay. <laughs> just do exactly what I did. Okay? And he just would look up to his father and he would just smile and say, God, I know you got this. He would touch somebody and they would be made whole. In Mark 11, near done it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're my other favourite. You can have cake second. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. That you feel... <laughs> That's very kind. <laughs> so in Mark eleven twenty two, it says, Have faith in God. And Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, if you say to a mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and do not doubt in your heart, but believe what, what they say will happen, it will be done for you. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So it's, it sounds simple, I know, and it is simple, but often we don't do it. We don't see ourselves as people that God wants to use. We don't see ourselves as worthy, or we think it's for certain people that are more spiritual than us. I just want to encourage you, we want to encourage you as a church, that this is something for all of us to do. That God is saying to us that all authority is mine. I am willing to heal. It's in a covenant it's yours by right to ask of me. I've done everything that I need for it to happen. And I've commissioned the church to go. To go into the world, tell people about me. But if you pray for people, lay hands on them and they will recover. So this is a gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that operates in healings and miracles. And he does it when we intercede and stand in faith for somebody else. Then he starts moving. And all we have to do, it's very simple, we have to literally agree with the Bible, agree with who Jesus is, know that he's willing, and just pray that the Holy Spirit will perform the miracle. It's not actually up to us. We just have to trust God, and that's how it works. He is sovereign. 
So he gets to seal the deal, if you like, and we just have to trust him. And sometimes it's instant. Sometimes it's a bit of a journey that people go on, and that's okay. And sometimes we don't necessarily get to see it fully work out in our time. But then we just trust God with it. He is responsible for the outcome. We're responsible for standing in faith, standing with each other, trusting God, and and in the name of Jesus, believing for the miracle to take place. But we need to know God's heart is that he wants people free. Just like that woman, he could have left her and just walked off the crowd and been like a bit of a celebrity, couldn't he? Getting all the attention, not interested in any of that. He stopped for her. And that's what Jesus is interested in. You know, we just have to have this attitude that we are responsible for bringing people to Jesus. I love the story of the paralytic. I haven't got it on the screen, but you know the story of the paralytic man. And Jesus in, in a house talking. The house is rammed and there's religious leaders everywhere. And these friends have this guy who's crippled and he's on a stretcher. And they can't get to Jesus because there's no room in the house. The crowds are spilling out outside the house. It's packed as well. There's literally no room. So what do they do with a man on a stretcher? is climb up a house onto a roof. Now that's dangerous because he could fall off and whack his head. That could have gone horribly wrong. But they know Jesus is the answer. So they literally carry this man up the side of the house, onto the roof, rip the roof off. That's rude. Whose house was that? I bet they were like well gutted. Roof off, made a little hole. And they're like, Jesus. And they're just crying out and shouting his name. And he looks up. They lower him down. Jesus stops everything he's doing and saying, and he literally says, pick up your mat, come on. Your sins are forgiven, and this man stands up, this pallet never walked in his life, and walks out the room. That's how we need to see ourselves as a family. When we are praying for people, we are bringing people to Jesus. We're saying, come on, let's carry you there, and we're putting them in front of Jesus and saying, here's the one that can help you. And it's up to Jesus then, it's up to the Holy Spirit to do the next bit, Amen. And I think that's, that's absolutely amazing. So we are going to, um, just going to sing a song in a second called Jesus the Healer. And I love this song. It's actually um, all based on scripture. And it's really simple. It says, Jesus the Healer, by your stripes I am healed. And by your blood we draw near. You have made a way for us all. And now we stand in awe. And we're going to have an, op- I'm gonna have an, op- we're gonna have an opportunity just to pray for you um, today. And it could be for anything, okay? We're going to be like those people picking up someone on a, on a stretcher. It could be that you've just been dealing with something in your mind, in your emotions for a very long time. It could be a physical thing. But we believe and we know, we've heard today, haven't we, that Jesus cares and that he heals people of even big stuff like cancer. Nothing is impossible for him. But we need to come to the cross. We need to come to Jesus and actually say, God, I want you to help. We have to bring them in faith. Um, a couple of months ago, I was, God taught me a lesson about this because um, I can be a bit stubborn sometimes. I know it's a shock. And um, I had this thing, I don't know what it was going on, where I wasn't sleeping and I kept having like spates of feeling like I was going to fall over, like I was really dizzy and, and faint. And there was like this kind, I couldn't sleep and it was like this darkness, like an oppression kept coming on me at night. It went on for months, and I, and I didn't really tell anybody about it, and I was getting really, really um, ill. I had some blood tests done, um, and I was waiting for the results, and I came to church one Sunday morning, and it, I, it was all my strength to stand up. It, I was so rough. 
And I was talking to Rachel and Annie, who are not here, afterwards. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, you need to tell them what's going on and let them pray for you. And I didn't. And I was like, no. Because I didn't tell anybody. I was like, oh, I'll just you know, you crack on, don't you? You soldier on. You don't tell anybody what's going on. And the Holy Spirit asked me, said to me a second time, you need to tell them. And I thought, oh, okay. So I did. And they took me into the little side room over there. And they began to pray for me. And honestly, the power of God hit me so hard. I've not had that for a long time. Right on top of my head, all through my body. It was so amazing. They just started saying the name of Jesus on me. And I, and I didn't, and, and then I, but I didn't feel perfectly fine straight away. I went home. The afternoon, I got better and better. That night, I slept for the first time in months. And I've continued to have no issue with sleeping. Anyway, I rang the doctor a couple of weeks later because I hadn't heard anything. And the secretary said, oh, I'll get your notes up. And she'd got my name up on the computer and she said, I'm just going to read you what the doctor said. And the doctor has said, no action required. You are fine. And I know that if I hadn't gone to Rachel and Annie and said, pray with me, if I'd been stubborn because I was just keeping it to myself... I know that I would continue struggling with whatever that thing was, but I literally felt it lift, and God completely healed me, and I've been fine ever since. So, so I know it can be difficult getting prayed for. We think, oh, well, you know, no one needs to know, or you know, I'll just leave it, we're fine. But actually, there's something about laying hands on us, coming together, and um, praying for you. So God can heal you right in your seat, um, but there's something about laying hands on people, and it could be for anything. So I'm going to ask you to be brave. If you know that's you, or if you don't know Jesus yet, if you haven't said yes to him yet, he literally wants to change your life. Come forward. Let us pray with you, and let us stand with you. But is there anything at all that you want deliverance from, you need healing from, we're going to ask you to come at the front. The leaders are going to pray with you. So we're going to sing a song. We haven't, you haven't done this song before. I have been literally praying this, singing this over Miriam for months. And um, as I drive to work, I pray it over her and sing it. And it's just beautiful. It's all scripture. So if we stand to our feet, we're just going to worship together for five minutes or so. And if you want to come forward for anything at all, then please do. And we'll put the leaders of prayer. You don't have to. And we can just worship together. God can heal you where you are. But if anything at all, I believe that God's moving this morning because he's trying to build our faith to say, come on, I am willing and I'm able.